Welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. Glad to have you aboard today. I've got a really cool guest today. This is going to be a wonderful interview with Dr. Christopher Stepien, a man of many talents who is a healer, along with a mentor, um, just a, a total good dude, good brother, um, a man who has a mission and many, many amazing gifts. So uh, thanks for joining me for the ride today. So let's uh, tighten up our seatbelts. Let's take a ride. just want to welcome everybody to Dharmic Evolution and my guest today, Dr. Christopher Stepien. Now, I got to just share a quick little story. I've, I think I've known Dr. Chris about two years now. That's two shoulders, one year per shoulder. Not really. But um, anyway, the miracle of this man is I was introduced to him through Mary Sweeney. So thankfully, Mary had said to me, hey, you know what? I was working out and I, you know, really messed up my shoulder. I got like this rotocuff thing and I went to see Dr. Chris and he healed my shoulder. I said, "Where is he? I'm going to drive there now." So anyway, that's the uh, short story to my uh, I guess it was my boxing training that led me to the path to find Dr. Chris and I am so glad I did and I'd like to just welcome everybody, all my guests out or all my um, Listeners out there, to my special guest today, Dr. Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It's an absolute pleasure. There's so much stuff I want to get to about you, and you are like the magic man. You got all these, all these uh, little sidebars to your life, which I love it. I just love it. So um, let's start off with, I want to know, how did you get to chiropractor? Let's start with that one first. Do you want the long or the short route? Well, let's start with the short because there's a lot of stuff to cover. But but you get you give it to me and I'll I'll uh, I'll interject if I have questions. But like, what inspired you? I guess to say this is for me. When I was in second grade, I wrote in my journal that I wanted to be a veterinarian. So I've always kind of been into health and I've always been into athletics. I played football in high school. I played football in college. I played rugby up until last year. And um, I always thought of going into the medical realm and my parents always went to chiropractors and I never really liked medicine. So I always wanted to work with athletes. So I decided in college, I think the number one thing I want to do is help people through the chiropractic route so I could work with athletes. And that's how I became a chiropractor. Okay, so the chiropractor thing, it makes total sense to me. I love it. I've always been a fan. Uh, I got healed a long time ago when I went and I couldn't even move and the guy put me on a table and I stood up straight and walked out of that place. I said, this, this, this guy's not a chiropractor. He's a magician. So share with me your biggest win. Like, like you, when you started doing this, you had to have that moment that somebody came in who was a complete mess and you, you healed them and you said, it's Nirvana. It's like, like, tell me about that one. There's gotta be something special that's in your mind. Yeah, 
um, I think at some point in my education, I wanted to work with athletes, but I transitioned to wanting to work with people who wanted to transform themselves, either from a place of chronic pain or chronic unhappiness to a place of chronic health or chronic happiness. So I can think of five to ten people off the top of my head who the same thing happened. They would come in essentially having lost hope. They've been to their physical therapist, chiropractor, medical doctor, orthopedic surgeon, and they're kind of like, this is my last straw. You're my only hope. Um, they are in pain. We treat them either the day of the treatment or the next time they come in, they just have a smile on their face. And I'll ask them, what's, what's going on? Why are you so happy? Why are you smiling? And then they'll just tell me that it worked. And that's what makes my heart melt is when somebody has had their – life kind of a ray of sunshine come down on them after having th thought that they didn't have any hope to feel better or to feel happier that's why i do what i do i want to be a person who helps these people have a better quality of life by having been in their lives so when i'm on my deathbed i know that i can say to my maker that i did everything i could to help make this world a better place so you saw the change not only in their physical abilities, but you must have seen other things like their their physiology change, their spirit change, their whole uh, outlook on life. All of these things have a cascading effect, no? Getting people out of pain is cool. I like it. But seeing how getting out of pain transforms the emotional and spiritual self, that's why I do what I do. I want people to have that smile that happiness that glow back so that's what makes it valuable for me to do what i do okay okay so now the chiropractor you started on a roll with that and then that wasn't enough for you because you needed to heal the whole world not just half the world but the entire world so talk to me about art because quite frankly i had never heard of this and i was like mesmerized i said this is like the coolest thing i've ever heard so you became an art practitioner is that what it's called or is it called like i'm not sure the formal title but but you're a um you're not you're not a surgeon but you're a magician like what is an art what is the proper <laughs> you know yeah. nomenclature to use here the best label is an ART, Active Release Technique Practitioner. Okay, got it. But the universal pathology that we're treating is adhesion or scar tissue or fascia. So that's that's a word that most people recognize because I don't always use ART. Sometimes I use that little metal credit card that you may have seen. Oh, um, I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so in really focused ways, we can get people better that way. Um, so my real specialty, my golden hammer, is that adhesion release, which sometimes is referred to as ART. Okay. So when I came into you, as you know, I was a complete disaster. Not one shoulder. I didn't get that one fixed, but I waited for the other shoulder to go out. So I came in as a package deal. Okay, <laughs> this guy's coming in in stereo pain. Let's fix him up. So anyway, I come to you and you start your process on me. And I thought that was... Really amazing. Can you just describe to uh, you know the listeners like what exactly do you do for somebody? Like most people just say, I mean, I talk to people all the time. Hey, I went and I got my shoulder done. They cut the bone and I'm good now. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that never really heals, corrects the original problem. Is that correct? 
The question is, what is causing somebody's pain? So my specialty really is this adhesion release, but it all has to be put into the context of what is causing somebody's pain. What's the pathology that's keeping somebody from healing and getting better? Um, so it takes understanding what the functional range of, ranges of motion are in the body and understanding if those ranges of motion are not ideal, what are they being restricted by? Is it that they have a labrum tear? They might need surgery. Is it that they're weak? They might need to strengthen. The most common pathology in the musculoskeletal system that almost nobody's talking about is that connective tissue adhesion. So by understanding what our ranges of motion should be and what the tissue should feel like, we can figure out if this adhesion is being ignored or not. Okay. Okay. So somebody comes in and you, you basically have to analyze them, say, I, you know, I have to figure out what's going on with you before I make any recommendations whatsoever. But in most cases, do you feel like you, I mean, you got a, you got a big tool belt, man. You got like a, like you got a lot of stuff going on. Cause every time I come in, you, you do something like, I said, where did he get this one from? Like, you know, my, my knee is messed up, but you're like, you said, nah, I got to fix your hip first. I'm like, what? You know, you're, you're the David Blaine, my friend. So, so I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fascinating what you do. And, um, you know, more people need to know about this, that like pretty much anything, like give, give me like, I know you work on a knee, you work on like, what can't you fix? Let, let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. It's interesting, Kevin. The The more that I'm doing this, I've been doing this about five years as a licensed chiropractor at this point, the more I realize that I can't fix 100% of people. But what I can do is I either can fix people or really zone in on what somebody's problem is. So just yesterday, I sent three of my patients out for MRI reports, and I had said, I think you really have a structural problem and we need to see the orthopedic doctor. And I was three for three that these people need orthopedic surgeons to address their issue. So I used to tell people I can fix 100% of the population if they come to see me. That was really um, elitist and right. egotistical of me. I can't fix everybody, but I probably can fix 60 to 70% of people. And the other 30, 40%, we have to respect what's causing the problem. So I can, I deal with truths. I tell people the reality of their situation. And then I ask that they respect what's going on and actually deal with that problem. Okay. So that's, that's the reality of how to get people better. That's that's a, a wonderful wonderful attribute to uh, to identify and get them the the care that they need. If it's not you, it's somebody. So that is super cool. Hey, let's talk about um let's talk about hero's journey. So this is another thing. Another thing, doctor. The many the many mystical paths of of uh, Doctor Chris. So you're um you're a physically fit guy. Obviously, I knew that the first time I met you. I go. <laughs> Hey, what what happened to you? Did you you know? Did you get mugged? Oh no, I play rugby on Saturdays. So <laughs> the, the guy's always doing something. You're always like into it, like big time, which I I love that you know about you that you're you embrace life and you go after things and you you're engaged with everything. So, hero's journey. Um, tell me about it. What is it? Um, just so, for people who haven't heard about it, can you describe what it is, what it does, and your role in hero's journey? In chiropractic school. I was learning a lot of different things and I realized in school that certain things work better than other things. So at some point I realized you're in the contracting world. 
if I want to build a really strong, healthy house, used to be to, used to be in the contracting world. Used to be, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead, please. <laughs> then uh, I need to have the right tools in order to build that house. Um, what most specialists do, no matter what they're trying to serve, they usually have one tool. It's their hammer, and when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So you try to hit these screws and these nuts, and you can't necessarily make good results. So I realized in school that I need to accumulate different tools in order to. To address different problems, a screwdriver for a screw, a wrench for a nut. So I started doing, I saw my one of my friends who wasn't a friend at the time in October of 2007 in the chiropractic school gym doing CrossFit. He was working out really hard. He was by himself at the time. I asked him what he was doing. He started training me in CrossFit. As I got more into the CrossFit world, I realized that most people aren't moving the way nature intended for them as homo sapiens. So CrossFit helps people move in a functional way, kind of similar to yoga, but you're adding a little bit of weights and a little bit of running and a lot more variety to what a fitness program normally looks like. But the other part of it that a lot of homo sapiens in 2015 don't have is their community or their tribe. So by, I realized that to really address the problem of not moving properly and not having their community – a CrossFit gym is a great healthcare practice in order to get people well and help them become happier with their lives. It's a helicopter overhead. <laughs> oh, is that what that is? I thought we were being invaded by like munchkins or something. Wow. <laughs> wow. He, he's very intense. So, okay. So, so this guy tuned you in, your friend, well, who became your friend. He tuned you into like, I guess by you witnessing that, it, it clicked in your mind to say, watch the way people move, how can I enhance my, you know, my chiropractic, my ART, all of these things. Yes, it's, um, to get pe I can get people out of pain usually without having them become fitter, but I can't help them stay out of pain. So in order to stay out of pain and to stay well and move well in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, I have to teach them how to move well. And that's how to move the way that nature intended for our genome, for our homo sapien genome. And CrossFit's just a really good plan or template that I found that works really well for that purpose. So, so take me through your day. You're a busy guy. You've got, you know, the chiropractic, which is, and the um, ART, which kind of coalesce together. And then you've got CrossFit going on. So tell me, tell me, tell me what your day's like. Like, what do you do first thing? Like, what's your, what's your best, best thing? First thing in the morning. So, okay, I was going to say, do you want my whole day or just my work day? Yeah, no, your whole day. Tell, okay. Yeah. It's funny you say that because um, I've been – this book that I'm reading is talking about your day and how you bookend your day and structure your day. At this point, I'm pretty much waking up at 7 o'clock a.m. every morning, which is about two and a half hours before I have to work. I will get out of bed. I will shower. I will go make myself a cup of bulletproof coffee, and I will do some type of self-help reading, reading some type of personal growth book or some spirituality book, or I have a little deck of, of Buddha prayers that I'll read, and I'll usually write in my gratitude journal. I'll write three to five things that I'm grateful for. I'll either just write that Buddha prayer, Buddhist prayer that I read, or I'll just write some other things that inspire me to make sure that I'm aligned throughout the day, so some of my core values or something that I want to make sure that I'm focusing on or somebody I want to help that day. So that'll just really set the tone for my day by starting off for that hour um, properly. Then usually after about an hour of having that coffee, I'll make breakfast. 
and then I will drive into work. I'll start seeing patients from 9.30 until 12.30 or so. In the middle of the day, I'll try to work out, but sometimes I have networking meetings or administrative work to do. And then in the afternoon from 3.30 until 7.30 or so, I'll have patients to treat. I'll finish with some administrative work. I'll come home. I'll eat dinner. I'll spend some time with my girlfriend, and I'll just try to unwind and relax. Usually, I like to watch something funny now because I feel it allows me to um, unplug from my work life. That's a little bit easier said than done. And then... Usually I'll try to meditate at night, but I've been struggling and resisting with that. So I have to really get back to the meditation and I'll go to bed around 1030 or 11 o'clock. Okay. So you're, um, so first of all, what do you, what are you struggling with? Like you, you, you just mentioned something, you're having some struggles with meditation. Is it just because workload? Um, or? no, I, I was meditating really strongly and increasingly for about a year, two years. And last September, I went on a Vipassana meditation for 10 days where 11 hours a day, you meditate, you don't talk to anyone for 10 days, and it was wonderful. It was a magical experience. Unfortunately, it confused me as far as which strategy of meditation I wanted to continue. And honestly, that's what caused me to stop meditating as much. And I'm just... It's hard for me to meditate in a certain strategy without being 100% aligned in my mind. And unfortunately, I just started reading this book called Waking Up by Sam Harris that is really throwing a wrench into my belief systems. Um, and it's just something I'm maintaining awareness of and I'm trying to trust that the actual reality of my path will show itself. Very good. Very good. You know, that's that's kind of awesome. I go through that sometimes myself where somebody makes so much sense however is that what i need and does it work with my paradigm you know, know. so know. there's so much good information out there so it sounds like a a value-packed day from the get-go from the magic bullet coffee to you know just i mean so you're putting in really high quality full satisfying days it sounds like to me I have a lot of people to serve, Kevin. I understand um, that. That's great. That's awesome, man. One of those people that I need to make sure that I'm serving is me. Right. <laughs> right. So that was my next question. Are you giving you enough time? That's that that that's what it comes down to. It's a constant battle. Right. I believe that I am serving myself more than I ever have, but still the scales are tipped towards serving others. Um so I'm working on getting better with that, but it's a it's a process. I'm in this for the long term. I just continue try to trying to cultivate my little um, heart seed in my garden and make sure that I'm giving it water and sunlight and trusting that it'll keep growing towards that towards the sky towards the stars. So excellent, man, excellent. Hey, uh, let's move on to Toastmasters. 25 years of pain and thank you so much for sharing that information with you know another thing i knew nothing about um was your past and your struggles and what you had to overcome to turn into the dharmic evolutionist that you are now which (laughs) is uh you know it's like a pleasure to know you like i've known you like i said a couple of years and i keep getting these these different you know, pathways uh, that, that you have been on, your journeys that you've been on, and it's just amazing. So can you share with the audience uh, a little bit about, 
you know, pre-Toastmasters, what happened to, you know, the 25 years before that that led you to making that speech, being in that place, looking back at your past and saying, wow, what a journey. Look what I have been through. Look what I have survived. And look where I am now. Yeah, that's a little bit of the long story of how I have become who I am. Um, it's funny because it's it's one when someone's in pain, they usually have a lot of compassion for other people who are in pain and not making sure that they put that pain on them or, or make their life any worse at all. But when I was 10 years old, my parents got divorced. And unfortunately, as any young child, I put that burden entirely on myself. Soon after my parents got divorced, my mother took my brother and I and we moved to Pennsylvania about an hour, an hour and a half away from my father. And I used to have I used to have nightmares that my dad was dying. And I actually forgot about this until last September when I was on that 10 day meditation retreat and I had a nightmare that my dad died. And I had forgotten over the past 10 years that I was having those nightmares. So you but blamed I, yourself. You were blaming yourself entirely yeah, okay which is my natural default is to always take the responsibility for the entire world suffering so that's a constant uh, awareness that i'm trying to maintain of is this really yours chris or is this something that everybody has to share but anyway after 11 months of crying myself to sleep my mom my mom finally said you can go and move back with your father and i did and it helped but i just continued to struggle with depression throughout high school throughout college. Um, luckily, I played the sport of football, which I believe was a lifesaver for me. But I was very violent and I was a small kid. So I would try to get myself in harm's way and be the person who was throwing my body into those um, bigger, bigger scrums, you could say in the football field. Right. And then when I was in college, my coach in high school said you could play in college, I wasn't recruited and I did play in college. But um, I was that kid who was really quiet, but always threw myself into those tackles or those plays. So I had a lot of respect from people. But unfortunately, I started drinking in college. I would drink myself into a stupor and throw up several times a week. And I started burning myself, which actually you can't see that my shirt is off right now. But um, I have a little scar right here. I don't know if you can see oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that I have those burns all over my body. And. I would find ways to transmute that spiritual suffering of trying to understand the world into physical pain. And it's still a struggle I have to this very day. I don't really burn myself anymore, but I'm constantly taking on burdens that um, negatively affect me as far as a human being. So all of that suffering makes me really sensitive to other people's hurt. And the biggest issue I have as an entrepreneur and a fairly successful one as a 30 year old is that I have a vision of where I want the, my practices and my life and all of that to go. And sometimes it causes me to hurt people without intentionally doing so. And it's something that I constantly ask for forgiveness for. Okay. When you, when you say you hurt them, in, in what way? Like in your mind, what is what is the, the, the hurt that you're causing them? People have expectations of me right. as right. a human being or playing some role in their lives. And sometimes my role in someone's life isn't what they expect me to be. So 
I had a I had a business relationship where a person wanted me to exclusively be um, their chiropractor, and I wasn't okay with that. I had different or more people to serve than this person wanted, and it caused a lot of turmoil in our relationship to the point where we don't have a relationship right now, and I still at night ask for forgiveness for any pain that I may have caused this person, and that's something that I just can't wrap my my heart around to this day is that I hurt people but it's like but in your mind you hurt them you think because it's you know it's two people both had different expectations so so you're hard on yourself is, is that a, is that a fair statement <laughs> I've always been hard on myself my mom always said that I was the 80 year old in a 10 year old body there you go you're very evolved for a young man for sure um so 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 take me to the like all of these things, I can see where, you know, it was a difficult, it was a difficult struggle, you know, adapting all of a sudden your dad's not there, but then you're with him under different circumstances. So, you know, as a 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old, this had to be very confusing. Like, you know, what happened? We were all together and now it's, you know, so, um, so you went through the suffering, the pain, you were dealing with it by self-medication or, or, you know, self-suffering, I guess you would, you would call it. So how did you move out of that? How did you, little by little, you moved out of that? I mean, you know, I'm taking you through up, up through the years quickly, but like you got to a point where you just said, you must have just said something has to change here. It's funny. I, I remember my junior year in college, um, it was after the fall football season, so it was spring. I wasn't doing well. And I had created, I used to do a lot of, um, I used to write to myself, but not in a positive way, in a negative way. And I created all these negative affirmations on my walls. Chris, you suck. Chris, you deserve to die. Chris, I fucking hate you. Sorry for cursing. I don't know if that's allowed. Oh, it's allowed. Uh, okay. Um, and I remember I had gotten to the point where I created this wallet and I created fake dollar bills. And then the middle of it, and on the corners, instead of putting little ones for dollar bills, I created a middle finger. So I, I would wear – I lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and there was a bad part. So I would walk to the bad part of town in my preppy clothes, which I never wore, so I could give people the illusion that I was wealthy. And I had this dollar bill that was – this wallet that was really thick, and I would try to get jumped. And um, usually I just got – I guess people could feed feel my negativity because it never happened. But I used to drink before I'd go out, and one time I fell asleep in an alleyway. The cops came and picked me up and drove me home, and I was crying in the car. And the cops said, I think you really need a psychotherapist. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I did. Um, so all of this, I realized looking at the walls that I was perpetuating my own negativity. And I remember a day where I tore all those papers down. And at that point, I decided that I wanted to set myself up for positivity and love. And I vaguely remember starting to write, Chris, I love you. And I didn't believe it. But over time, I've been able to believe it to the point where now I do believe I love myself, even when I potentially hurt other people that I don't want to. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so so just getting back to the pain thing, I don't want to belabor that. But you, it, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually would invite suffering because the physical abuse was such a welcome distraction from your own internal pain. Yes or no? 
yes, to this day, physical pain feels way better than spiritual pain. Yeah. And um, to this day, I still want to hurt myself. And I just prevent myself from doing it most of the time. Um, but it's still my natural default. Well, to- you said, you, you know, you, you'd look for stuff to laugh at. I got a couple guys who make you laugh. I'll send jacked up Jimmy and English Bob over to your house. And they'll, you know, every time you feel that way, they'll, they'll distract you. So, <laughs> so take me to the Toastmasters. Now you went through all this and, you know, you went through a lot. You, you made the change. You started to see the change. You felt like you were able to embrace who you are start respecting and loving your own integrity, your own self, and you got to the Toastmasters, which is the 25 years of pain. So I want to know about that. That must have really felt into your bones. That must have just sizzled and made you just come so alive. Um, at some point, I realized that all of the suffering, I'm really an open book, and I don't mind talking about all this stuff. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's- I re- I realized that the more naked and vulnerable I am, the more I potentially can help other people. So I've tried to just share my story. And when I joined Toastmasters, Toastmasters is a public speaking group where you learn to speak better. And the better I communicate and speak to others, the more I can serve them by having us develop empathy for each other's paths. So one of my first speeches in Toastmasters was coming clean on my past and hopefully helping someone else who was struggling as equally as I was with hopelessness. And that that little writing that you read was just about that story. And I've had a lot of people who have read that and they said, thank you for sharing that with me. It, it helped me realize I wasn't alone. So, so how connected with Toastmasters, like that's an ongoing uh, uh, group that you're involved with. So, so tell me about how, how often do you guys meet? Yes, that's a public speaking group. We meet every other week. I've been in it since mid-2010, so about four or five years. I was the president for a couple years, and I've been a little bit out of the loop just because of work stuff, but um, you've met Dr. Kyle, the chiropractor who's going to start working with me. He's planning on starting Toastmasters so he can better communicate as well. It's a wonderful way to be a better leader and presenter and communicator. Okay. Yeah, I haven't met Dr. Kyle yet. We talked about oh, it, but okay. but uh, because I always insist on you when I come. There's you know, <laughs> not that I have anything. I have a Kyle. So hey, listen, it's all good, man. You um, and I have a special connection, Kevin. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about music. I know I kind of know you're into Pearl Jam. Um, yeah. You know, like what kind of music like really gets to your soul? Like what do you like to listen to? Like what what inspires you? You know, give me a little slice of uh, the Dr. Chris, yes. you know, musical aspirations. Yes. It's funny, Kevin. I'm not, I just realized this. The first video, or not video cassette, audio cassette I ever got, I was in third or fourth grade. It was right when the Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails came out. That was my first album. And by from the time I was young, eight, nine, ten, whenever that was, until 21-ish in college, the Nine Inch Nails and the heavy metal thing were my... That was my jam, and I loved it, and I dwelled in this negative, hard music, and I still love it to this day, but I realize now that that whole experience and then coming out of negativity, I can't listen to that music anymore to the point where you've probably heard in our practice, I'm a huge reggae fan, and I feel like reggae and Eddie Vedder's recent music from Pearl Jam and certain smart choices 
about help me feel positivity and love it's baked into the song like the the geography of of the soul that's beautiful music <laughs> hey i heard of that <laughs> i know it's this thank you brother <laughs> i appreciate that i appreciate that um so so you're you're listening to more inspirational things that kind of nurture your soul and yes. and you know nurture who you are so you're identifying with a whole different sound now you know which is more hopefully more positive and more hey this is what the world is offering and i relate to this to this day if a nine inch nail song comes on i feel so comfortable and at home it's not the comfortable home that i want to be in so the sooner i'm aware of that comfort i have to cut it off and put some bob marley on uh, <laughs> because this that's the home i really want to live in and it's one where i nurture myself and not abuse myself for being any specific way right okay um cool now books you mentioned waking up with sam harris you're reading that anything uh on your mind that's hot that you can share with people besides uh sam harris Anything that you're reading, like spiritual pieces or anything that, that, that can inspire and enlighten people, lift people? Spiritual like, pieces. So the thing about the Waking Up book is that it's a, he says it's spirituality without religion. Okay. Um, it's beautiful. It's just throwing me for a loop a little bit because he's essentially saying that there's no God. So I'm struggling with that. Um, but besides that... Um, I'm reading a business book called The Compound Effect that even people who aren't business owners can. Aaron Hardy, awesome, yeah. awesome book, love it. The Compound Effect's really good. So you um, have good taste, uh, you know. I, I'm taste. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm complimenting <laughs> myself here. <laughs> <laughs> you do too, Kevin. <laughs> that is a great book. I mean, I love his concept about taking something you know so minute and look what happens when you multiply it. You know, the the effect of it is unbelievable. It's about the little habits, and they compound and build each other. I fully believe in that. Right. Fully believe in it. So, so listen, as we're, we're just getting, getting ready to wrap up here, um, uh, and I want to know from you, how do people reach Dr. Chris? Like, what's the best way for people to reach? And are you promoting anything besides everything? Like, you got so much going on. Like, what, what, um, what do people need to know uh, about as far as, not only your service as um, as a chiropractor and a ART practitioner, uh, but anything else, hero's journey, like what's the one-stop shop that people can say, I want to know more, where can I go? What's What website, what can we, what can we share with them? Sure. Um, the best resource is probably barefootrehab.com. It's, it's about to go through a whole website redesign and logo redesign as well. So a lot of this is going to change. And as Dr. Kyle starts getting more involved with the practice, I'm going to start to possibly um, come out of a little bit of treating patients somewhat and try to expose myself to a larger audience through writing and eBooks. So that's in the future. Um, and the other resource is heroesjourney.com, the CrossFit community. Really the way I can best serve people is in North Jersey people who want to be in that positive, uplifting, supportive environment, I'm willing to connect with anyone or anybody who is struggling with anything and just needs somebody to hear them out and talk to them. So I'd love to be a resource for anybody that wants some help. The CrossFit community is full of powerful, 
happy, supportive people who I'm inspired by every single day. And in my practice, I can help people get out of pain. In the future, there will be some other readings and ways that I can connect with others who don't live in New Jersey. So that's coming in the future as well. Okay, so that is www.barefootrehab.com. That's barefootrehab.com. Make sure you contact Dr. Chris, say hello to him, check in with him. Dr. Chris, it has been a pleasure to have you on Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time. I'm so happy you shared all of these things about your life with us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you real soon. And it's been a pleasure, my friend. You're wonderful, Kevin. I'm grateful for you. 